Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another great episode of the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. So glad to have you join us this evening. We're going to have a wonderful show for you. Definitely a lot of great things in store. And you have your opportunity to agree, disagree, or just want your voice heard. Feel free to call in at any time during the show. 516-418-5572-516-418-5572. 5572. Always great to hear your voice. Please call in at any point during the show. But we will not have the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show without thanking our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. So make sure you check out Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. You can go ahead and visit him at his great location at 301 South 22nd Street. Tampa, Florida, 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. If you can't come all the way down to Tampa, it's no problem. You could try out any one of the four great flavors, honey mustard, classic, heat wave, and fusion. All four delicious flavors and some other great things are available at flbbqsauce.com. Then it's flbbqsauce.com. Make sure you let them know that the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show sent to you. And also what we're going to do, Sam Scola was the one who sang the introductory song. Sam Scola out of Maine, if you need a great musician, please reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. We'll connect you to Sam Scola, make things happen. Sam Scola wrote another great song. It's a Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. We're going to play that song for you next. I'll be right back, and we're going to get this show started for you. Here goes the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song. Counting for variety, 
Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. A natural flavor. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and it's a cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Make sure you don't forget that sauce at flbbqsauce.com, and it's flbbqsauce.com. Without further ado, we're going to get the show started, and we're going to bring on a fantastic guest. Hey, how you doing, Lou? Okay, Alan. Good to be here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Great. How you been? Yeah. Okay. All right. Everything's everything's good with you? Yeah. That's great especially to hear. For some yeah. our, especially for some of our New York teams. I mean, our Rangers are doing great. Devils, eh, they're, well, they're looking decent. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Knicks are coming along well, too. Of course, I don't know. Just, you know, how the um, in-season tournament is starting. I don't know. I mean, I don't really think it's really necessary to, to have an in-season tournament in any kind of a pro league, to be honest. If you want to do it in college, okay, fine, I get it. But in the pro, I don't think that's really necessary. And and this is referring to – I'm sorry, I'm, you lost me a little bit. Uh, the uh, NC, the uh, NBA in-season tournament. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, okay, yep, I agree with you. It's It's definitely something I don't agree with. I mean, definitely – this is the pro level. You don't really need an in-season tournament. No. You, and it's really not necessary. I agree with you on that. But I am excited about that flag football that's going to be coming up for the Olympics. That's pretty cool. Kind of weird. Kind of weird when you think about it. Well, I mean, you you never even had, you know, NFL kind of football in the Olympics, and you want, you want to do flag football. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> How do you answer yeah. that? I guess they just want to, you know, somebody not to get injured. But, you know, flag football, you actually could get injured. You can always pull a muscle. You can always sprain yeah. an ankle. You can pull a hammy. I mean, anytime you're doing any physical activity, it, it can happen. And you could jam your Absolutely. wrist yeah. trying to grab someone's flag. But I'm cool. I think it's cool that they're having that. I'm excited about it. It's something different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they are trying new events that – for for next year's Olympics, some I some I get some I'm just like uh, the purpose of this is what? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, definitely. I'm, I'm glad you called because I wanted to get your thoughts also on the Jets and the Zach Wilson situation. Uh, if you if you were the coach, what would you have done? I think I'd have pour him to Antarctica. I mean, wow. he's, he's, he's a, yeah, he's not he's not a guy. I mean, he's very you inconsistent. Know, okay, he's had some good moments so far, but basically for now he hasn't been. Has been much, you know. What are we just about the same? <laughs> excuse me, the same pace we were last year, but uh, you know, every ever since Rogers went down, it hasn't been the same. And Wilson's not going to be your your kind of guy to pull to pull us out of this. They need something better. They need to, they need to get a good backup, you know, as well as you know trying to get you know a starter. And unfortunately, we have had not been well with backups. Yeah, I don't think I agree with you. I don't think Zach Wilson is actually that yeah. bad. I think he's actually a pretty decent quarterback, but I just think he's a little too young. And more importantly, yeah. he's in the wrong. He's on the wrong team. He needs a he yeah. needs a coach and a system where they're gonna wait a little bit and be more patient with him to develop. I just don't think he's that as bad as people say they are say he is. But mm. I don't think the Jets and the that team. And that city is going to be patient enough with him, if that makes sense. Now, if we had name, if we had name it to advise him, what would we do? No. Yeah, I, I just don't think. I don't think the New York Jets are going to be patient enough with him for him to develop no. into a pretty good quarterback. No. That's the thing. I think he could be a pretty good quarterback, but I don't think he's going to be a pretty good quarterback playing for the Jets and playing for that city. I just don't think they're going to be patient enough with him. That's just the, no. the bottom line. You know, they want somebody who's young and can come in there and make a significant impact right away. And I think he can make an impact. I don't think he's actually that bad of a quarterback. I just – I think he's actually got some skills, but I just think he's going to need more development and more patience. And, unfortunately, the Jets are not the place to beat him for that. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, uh, you know but- yeah. I mean, a lot was a lot was running on him, but you know, this is a mess. Yeah, and, and he's—I don't think he's that bad. I mean, the—they the, didn't protect him too great. I mean, the, you know, it's not all on him. No, no, you're right about that. Yeah, I mean, there's some blame to go around, but I—I I don't, I just don't think the Jets are—you know—they're too hard on him. I think. Well, yeah, you could be right about that. I mean, they are they are you know making it tough on him, but you know he's got to step up though. I mean, I th- I think you know when it comes to pro level, people sometimes forget people's ages. I mean, he's still twenty one, twenty two. He's still a young kid, yeah. you know. And you're the NFL starting quarterback of the Jets. That's I know that's phenomenal, but. You still a twenty one, twenty two year old, you know, but I wish him yeah. the best. I, I I feel bad for him actually at this point. I kind of feel bad for the kid. Yeah. But I, I just so, think. Uh, so you think the season's over for the Jets? Over? Uh, no, no, I don't think it's over. But well, they, that's, that's I, positive. I make that yeah, I think that's positive. They can't, afford, I mean, they can't afford to lose too many more games. No, you're right. 
You're absolutely right. We, you know, you can't afford to lose too many games and fall too far behind. They got to mix in a lot of wins from here on in. But I, I agree with you. I don't think it's over yet. I don't think it's over for most teams in the league right now. It's getting to that well, point. Chicago or if you're Chicago, yes. If you're um, Carolina, yes. Right. And unfortunately, we had those two teams, the two dumpster fire teams playing in a primetime game on Thursday Night Football. What, what do you think about that? Carolina and Chicago yeah. played last night on Thursday Night Football. Can I spell it to you like this? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, folks, so I have a lot. Yeah, I have a lot more to talk about that a bit later in our segment, but yeah, there's a lot to unpack on that. But speaking of unpack, I know you got a lot of great things to unpack on Saturday night. What do you got cooking on your show? Okay, well, we're going to discuss, uh, we have a few um, Major League Baseball awards to mention. We have the Silver Sparkle and the Golden Glove winners. Uh, the rest will be announced next week because next week is a big uh, week for the awards. So keep on that. Um, do an update on the uh, Heisman Trophy because uh, the um, list is out now. Uh, we'll keep up on the uh, college football pre, um, uh, playoff uh, playoff ball because uh, there's uh, changes that are being made. There's being changes made uh, every week. Of course, we also got the um, NBA NHL. Um, the wrestling. I also have a, um, an NASCAR recap as well. Uh, we got to take care of that. Yeah, wow. And, uh, yeah. Next, uh, next week is a, is a important show because that's going to be our pre-Thanksgiving show, so you might want to stick around for that. 512-543-4662. I'll see you again, 512-543-4662. Remember, we're also available on YouTube. Uh, go to YouTube and type in the Enhanced Sports Show, and you'll see the show in its entirety. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah. That is definitely going to be a fantastic show. Make sure you guys tune in tomorrow between 4 and 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. You can watch them on YouTube. Just type in Enhanced Sports Show. There. Yep, you can do that. And if you can't get to a computer, no problem. Call in at 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662. Make sure you call into the Enhanced Sports Show. Talk to Lou and make his day. Definitely. Yeah. 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 He has an awesome show, guys, so make sure you support him. Well, yeah, Lou. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate you, too. Always a pleasure, Lou. Thanks. you uh, if uh If my uh, calculations are correct, uh, someone else uh, very special in my life is about to call right now, I think. All right, sounds fantastic. Getting the two for one you special guy. I'll quit the line for you right now because uh, I know who it is. Awesome, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so that's that's yeah, significant others calling in too on the. That's, that's why. And before she hangs up, I better go. Okay, thank you, right. Lou. Appreciate you. That is the awesome Lou. So definitely we're going to get his better half a bit later. But yeah, guys, definitely it's a lot going on in the sports world. That's our love. 
about doing this show. It's always something going on. And yeah, last night was a true like dumpster fire show. I hate to say it, but Adam Thielen is right. It's kind of embarrassing. You had the Chicago Bears, which has actually got some very good players on the team. Let me just say that right there. The Chicago Bears has enormous amount of talent on their team. And so does the Carolina Panthers. But unfortunately, both of those organizations struggle in management, you know, supervision and running the way that they run the actual teams and organizations. Unfortunately, it's not too high. It's, um, the bar is not too high on both of those teams. It's a, it's almost a shame because they both, again, have a tremendous amount of talent, both of those two teams. But this is the result of what we had last night, Thursday night, those two teams playing each other. And I will say this much. I am not going to lie to you folks. I'm going to talk about the XFL a bit later. But I do feel wholeheartedly that an XFL game is more entertaining than watching the, you know, those two teams play each other on a Thursday night. I, I couldn't actually sit there and watch the full game because it was just, it was just boring and boring. Guys couldn't, the team couldn't execute first downs. It's like, it's like a bunch of guys who don't know each other playing together and trying to make plays happen. That's that's almost how it almost felt. Like two teams who really don't know where the guy is turning, where he's going, he's going left or right, and we're playing a game of professional football. It's it's just not really good structure in the way those teams are ran, and this is the result. So I did, you know, watch the game from time to time. I couldn't, I actually couldn't watch it thoroughly and that's a disappointing because i look forward to watching the thursday night football i really do it's a good to watch a game and like towards the end of the week before the weekend thursday night football is usually a great night but yeah those two teams really need help i will say this much though about justin fields i did watch another sports personality i will not mention their name and they were basically implying, they're not implying, they were saying it straight out, not implying. They were saying they advised Justin Fields to not play anymore and shut it down and don't ever play another down for the Bears. I would say this much, give this advice. You don't want to not play per se, because like anything in life, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. If you don't use your skills in life on the gifts that you're given, they will start to decline. Even if you keep yourself in very good shape, there's a difference between fitness shape and actual game shape. There's a difference. So I would take another position on this. I would not recommend just letting your skill set and just decline by just inactivity. And also in the NFL, what I will say is this. When people get used to not seeing you, eventually they don't miss you. So that's another thing I would say. You may not be wanted by another team as t time goes on. And then it's almost like it's unfair. Let's say you get a, a year, year and a half of inactivity, two years, 
you start playing, they immediately think that they remember the last time they saw you doing really great. Well, it might take you time to get back to that point. Already, as soon as you come to the new team, you're a bust and you were a bad trade or whatever it is. So you don't want to get injured, but I don't recommend you don't play. People love to give advice and tell people, hey, you should not do this, man. You should fight the man. You should do this. You should do that. That's easy for someone to say, but they're not the one whose name is signed on the contract. You understand? They're not the ones who have to deal with the the repercussions if the decision that you make don't go well. So I would say play it by ear if you're healthy enough to play and they want you to play. Yeah, you should go out there. It's always a you you got you got blessed financially. Hey, you know, you're not doing it per se for just the Chicago Bears, you're doing it for yourself too. So that's the advice I would give to Justin Fields about continuing to play. I would go out there and continue to stay ready and if I can play and they're willing to put me in and they want me to play, go out there and play. You know, don't be reckless. Don't take, don't be a reckless abandon. You shouldn't do that anyway as a quarterback. But yeah, you you need to keep your skills up there. You never know, because when people get used to not seeing you, you might want end up not playing for a lot longer than you would wanted to or hope to. So that's just my thoughts on that. But yes, the other things that I did want to talk about in the NFL is the Bucks. Man. I mean, the Bucks literally made C.J. Stroud, you know, not taking anything away from the kid. Kid's got a lot of talent. I'm not shocked by it, but I'm really surprised that the Bucks made C.J. Stroud look like the up-and-coming and beyond and better, more athletic version of Joe Montana. That's what the Bucks made him look like. Almost 500 yards and five touchdowns of offense from a guy who's the first time in the league. And he's and the Texans have very good receivers, but they don't have D-hop back there where you could just throw it in the vicinity and he'll catch it. He, he wasn't throwing to the, the D-hop. Having said that, this is what I told you guys some, some time back, where the Bucks struggle is they have very poor pass defense. What I mean by that is they're, rush de- they're rushing the passer attack. It's pretty good. It's not as good as it was last year, but it is pretty good. So if the Bucks basically do not get pressure to the quarterback and he's able to throw the ball, which he is able to do more this year than last year, there is a very good chance that pass is going to be caught. The main thing is the quarterback just got to throw it in the area and the quarter and the receiver just has to catch it. But there really isn't going to be anybody who's going to number one, you can almost, it's almost extinct as far as one of the past defenders actually doing a Deion Sanders and intercepting it and taking it to the house for pick six. That's ancient dinosaur. As far as them just even picking it. Yeah, that's probably not dinosaur, but that's uh Many, many millions of years ago. 
as far as them even de- a contesting the catch, that's that's almost non-existent with the Bucks. They very rarely and seldomly actually contest balls. Knock it down, at least. If you're not going to intercept it on us, take it for the house, at least knock them down. That ain't going to happen with the Bucks. They they have very poor pass defense. And this Raiders ugly head, and I said that before, this Raiders ugly head against the Texans. And less than a minute to go, driving all the way down the field and gets a touchdown where a field goal wouldn't have, wouldn't have got the job done. And that's just, that's just a poor, 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 not only it's just, it's just poor, you know, this is what I'm afraid of. And what I was afraid of when I said after the bucks lost the last game, that you're going to start to see, and I even said it's two games ago. I even said it's two games ago, but definitely after the last game, not the Texans, the game before the Texans, you're, I'm afraid you're going to start seeing what's, what we, what I've seen for many, many years here prior to Tom Brady getting here is the Succaneers. The Succaneers is not a team of players that really actually do suck, but their mindset is sucking ears. Once the Bucks start getting to a point where they're at 500, they start tanking it because they start quitting, basically. And they go through the motions thinking they're giving all the effort, but they're really not. This is what you get. So now that they lost this game against the Texans, I seriously, I'm going to say it right now, I normally almost always pick the Bucks, But I'm going to be real with you guys. I'm not going to lie. I don't think the Bucks are going to beat the Tex- the Titans. I don't think they're going to beat the Titans because I-, I just think that, yes, they have very good rush defense, but I just don't think they're going to have an issue. And, you know, Will Levis has actually gotten really, really good with passing. And they do have D-Hop. So I don't feel as if they're going to be able to do the passing game is going to be there for Will Levis. And then that's going to eventually open up Derek Thomas. So, plus, not to mention the overlying factor is that the, the Bucks are back at the Suckineers department. So, I, I'm going to be real with you. I don't think the Bucks are going to beat the Titans. I'm actually going to go ahead and pick the Titans to beat the Bucks. It hurts me to say that, but I can't lie. And I'll give you the rest of my picks. So, I did have... <laughs> I did have the Bears beating the Panthers 16 to 13 was the final score on that. And I just mentioned that I am going to go ahead and take the Bucks. I'm sorry, I'm going to take the Titans to beat the Bucks this weekend. The Titans, I have them beating the Bucks. Let me repeat that. So for the rest of the games, let me go through them. Colts versus the Patriots. And I have the Colts winning that game. The Ravens and the Browns, that's going to be a very, very good competitive game. But I do think Lamar's going to find a way to pull that one out. I have the Ravens beating the Browns. Hey, don't sleep on Lamar. If he keeps plugging away, he's got an outside shot of getting that MVP again. So if he has a big game against the Browns, that's going to really help out his case. So keep doing what you're doing, Lamar. Balling out. Then we have here the Packers versus the Steelers. I have the Steelers winning, which is kind of disappointing because I had Jordan Love 
really, you know, thought he's going to have a really good season. It seemed like it's really fizzled out for him. So I have the Steelers beating the Packers. I have the 49ers and the Jags. It's going to be a very, very, very good game. Um, I'm curious to see how this one plays itself out. But I do feel as if the 49ers are going to bake the, break the slide and win. They will have Debo Samuel back there. So that's going to be a benefit. And he'll have another weapon. And Brock Purdy, you could see that he's been struggling not having all his weapons. But he's going to get one of his weapons back. So I, got the, I have the 49ers winning. We have the Saints versus the Vikings. It's going to be a very good game, but I, as much as I want the Saints to lose this game, I don't feel as if they are. I feel as if the Saints are going to beat the Vikings. Texans versus the Bengals. As great as C.J. Stroud looked against the Bucks, I just don't feel as if he's going to be able to do that against the Bengals. Uh, the Bengals beating the Texans. Then we have the Lions versus the Chargers. It's going to be a very interesting game, but I do think the Lions are going to win. Falcons and the Cardinals should be very interesting. Kyler Murray is going to be back. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals because of that reason. And also, if everything works itself out, you know that should be an interesting game to see with him coming back, you know, Kyler Murray come back. And then another piece of the puzzle that's going to be interesting about that game, James Conner should be back. James Conner. So two of their stars should be back. I know it's it's the first game back, but hey, better late than never. So we have the Cardinals. I have the Cardinals beating the Falcons. Cowboys against the Giants. I do have the Cowboys winning this game. Yeah, I do have the Cowboys to beat the Giants. You know, I know that that's not popular, but I do have the the Cowboys beating the Giants. We have the Commanders and the Seahawks. Commanders are actually pretty good, but I do think the Seahawks are going to be pulling this one out. Jets against the Raiders. I I like what I'm seeing with the Raiders. They got some new life there, so I think they'll they'll beat the Jets. Glad Lou is not on the line right now, but I do think the Raiders will beat the Jets. And then finally, last but not least, we have the Bills versus the Broncos. And the Bills better make sure they step up the game because the Broncos' defense is really solid. So I do think the Bills, because Diane is a big Bills fan, I believe in her Bills to beat the Broncos. But they better step it up because Broncos' defense is really good and they're starting to figure things out there at the Endeavor. So you better go ahead and get this win while you can. So I have the Bills beating the Broncos. So that is the Week 10 predictions. And let me give you also the Thursday night prediction, which will be the Bengals versus the Ravens. And that's going to see. They came back strong. That's going to be a great game. Whew. Be a tough game. I, I love what the Ravens do in defense. But I do think the Bengals are going to beat the Ravens. I think the Bengals have found their stride, so I have the Bengals beating the Ravens. Should be a great game. And I'm going to go ahead and give you guys news on the XFL and USFL potential merger. This is a big topic. Let me just tell you that right now. What's going to happen? I 
I thought they were going to make their announcement on Monday the 13th. Now it's really, I'm not so confident. It's really anybody's guess as to what's the announcement's going to be and what's going to happen because this is past the date that they really scheduled both on the USFL side and XFL side for some of their special events for home for people who sign up for season tickets. But what I will say is this, as far as this merger is concerned. First, they went from, let me just give you two scenarios that happened. Let me make it simplify it. With the this merger, what they said initially was they was going to put, you know, this was from a inside source allegedly, was that they were going to keep all four teams from the USFL side and only four teams from the XFL side. Okay, that was the first big potential kind of like insight that stood for weeks then i heard through a very very good inside source that no it wasn't going to be that type of split it was going to be a 10-team league five teams from the xfl side five teams from the usfl side total of 10 teams that would mean that the xfl was going to lose three teams and the USFL was going to lose three teams too, making a 10 total team merger. Now I'm hearing, and that was supposed to hold true, and they were supposed to make an announcement on the 13th. Well, a few days ago, I heard from that same insider source that, so the insider source went from the eight USFL teams to the four to 12 teams, then he confirmed kind of like what I heard through a source. Now we're back to eight USFL teams, four XFL teams. So I don't know which way this is the like the wind's going to blow here, but I will say this much before it becomes official. I'm telling you this on November 10th at around 10 or 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time Zone. If it ends out to be correct, allegedly, with the eight teams on the USFL side and the four teams on the XFL side, allegedly, if that ends up to be the case, I will say on the record, XFL management ownership really did a disjustice to themselves more than anybody else. Not so much you did a disjustice to the fans and everybody else included, yes, but you kind of let yourself down if you are, if this is allegedly correct. The reason why I say that is because to me, the XFL had the far superior product. I'll repeat that. To me, the XFL has the far superior product. No disrespect to the USFL. No disrespect to their fans, their organization. And if this merger goes through, I'm going to have to work with the USFL too. But comparing as out as a person who just following along football and watching and seeing what's going on, the XFL to me had the far superior product. And I will break down to you why. Number one, their production on the XFL side and the actual gameplay and the product people used to see was phenomenal. It was flat out phenomenal. It wasn't gimmicky. It was actually very 
good, fast-paced, outstanding football. Okay? It was flawless. I was very, very impressed with the way the production was. Number two, the XFL actually played games in front of their home fans. You wanted to see a game in Orlando, you went in, you went to Orlando to watch the Guardians. You wanted to see a game for the D.C. Defenders, you went to D.C. and their stadium and watched them in D.C. You wanted to see the San Antonio, you went to San Antonio and watched the games right there. Another positive the XFL had. Another positive the XFL had is that the start time was right after the Super Bowl. It wasn't two months later. It was right after the Super Bowl. So a person like me who loves football, the Super Bowl happens, and then you get a lull. A lull happens right after the Super Bowl because no more football now. It's like a big-time party. Party's over. You got to go home. And now it's pretty dried up. I mean, I know baseball starts up, spring training and stuff like that, but that's a few weeks later. There really isn't any really big events or anything like that to kind of grab you so there is a lull and the great thing about the xfl is that it starts immediately after so it's seamless well the usfl starts in april a big difference so another thing the xfl that a lot of people don't realize and talk about is the fact that the xfl to me was more technologically advanced they use a lot of things for safety protocol they use a lot of technology to avoid concussions and player safety, player recovery, all of that. They were very innovative in that. And the XFL, to me, they just did a, had a much better presence. The way that they just went about their business, people going to the NFL, I, I think it's just not even close, if you ask me. Having said that, if this ends up to be the case where you have eight and four not really a merger it's more of a usfl takeover and to me that's extremely disappointing you know yeah i'm not gonna throw anybody off the bus or anything like that but uh the ownership team i'm not gonna mention who of the xfl where i interviewed before the season started gave a great answer as to their expectation of the xfl starting the league they said, quote, unquote, you know, you might have a financial burden for three to five years. Other XFL teams, other not XFL, but other spring leagues have failed. So they had the mindset that they were going to go through the kind of a lull for the first three to five years, especially financially. Well, after one year, you did very, very good as far as building up fan interest. Yes, you didn't get a lot of money per se. It was a loss, but we but you yourself said that it was going to be a loss. And then to flip that. And to just hand over the keys to the USFL is just disappointing. So I hope that this is not correct where it's eight and four. But I don't know at this point. I don't know. If it ends up to be the second case scenario, which I heard, which is going to be five and five. Now, I and then more of the things going to lean towards the XFL. Yeah. I, then I feel like it's a real merger. But. This, 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 as a person who covers the media and the XFL, this month, we're going old past a month now, it's like 45 days, has been tiresome and just, you don't know. 
I, you know, you don't know what the rumors are. They keep swinging like a pendulum. I can't tell you where this ship is gonna is where this ship is gonna stop at. But I will say, if allegedly it's true, eight teams and four, I'm still gonna support the league. But I would say it's a major, major, major disappointment from the XFL side. I mean, you just basically handed them the keys to the office after working your tail off, after building up a great product. You just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to lay up for you. And that's what you're going to do if it's eight and four. And I I don't know how this is going to play itself out. I am hoping, since it's not technically the 13th till Monday, that it is the five and five, and most of the rules are going to be done using the XFL. Then you feel like it's a real merger. If it ends up being the other way, which is coming across to me like, hey, I got tired of losing money. I'm not really feeling this, and I'm just going to just hand it over to them. And if that's the case, then so be it. But it's a major disappointment if that ends up being the way it plays itself out. I'll say it like that, and I will have more to say about this when it becomes official. But I really hope for sanity-wise and for the fan-wise, season ticket holders, people connected to the league, that they make a decision either way. Just make a decision. This is aggravating, you know, not knowing what's going on, or at least have some guidelines as to what you're going to get approved or what's in the works of getting approved, I feel like they have to come out and make a statement, say something, say something, you know, say something. If it's not official yet, at least say this is the parameters of what the deal is going to include. Not official, but this is the parameters. This is what we're looking at. This is what's on the table. Say something. Please. I just want to get some news. If it is eight and four, which is much, I hope it doesn't work out to be that way. I hope I would love to hear the five and five or at least something that's somewhat like a merger rather than a takeover, but we will see. Congrats to all the guys who committed to play for the XFL, whatever team you want to play for, the USFL. You still made it. So congratulations to all you guys. Yeah, hey, that means you've been balling. So you're going to play somewhere, hopefully. I don't know where, but you made it. And definitely, if you guys haven't seen it already, check out our great interview with Jarvis Courtney Sr. He was so gracious to go ahead and do an interview for the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. He's an offensive lineman, fullback, has a great story. Him and his son, Jarvis Courtney Jr., a lot of fun doing that interview. It was great meeting Jarvis. I hope to follow him and and beyond. But I'm hoping that he makes it. There's some other great interviews I'm going to bring to you guys. But thank you, Jarvis Courtney Sr., for joining us on the Allen Alfred Sportsbook Show. We aired that interview on social media. If you haven't seen it already, check out our YouTube channel at Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. 
right there on YouTube. Thanks again, Jarvis. And what we're going to do, I am going to do something really cool. I did, I guess, a, my analysis of this. We're going to shift gears and talk some NCAA regarding the Colorado Buffaloes and their season so far. I was able to watch all the games of season. And I'm going to give you my unbiased opinion as to what I observed for the Colorado Buffaloes, what's to be expected, what has gone great, and beyond. So we're going to play a quick song here by Sam Scola. Sam Scola sports team song. Again, if you want to sign Sam Scola, please reach out to me at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'll connect you to Sam Scola. We will go ahead and make things happen where you can sign them up. And here's a sports theme song by Sam Scola. We're going to take a little break. I'm going to come right back and give you my full analysis on the Colorado Buffaloes and their season so far. An unbiased, unbiased observation. You're going to get it all on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk Show. Sports theme song by Sam Scola. I'm going to break down what is some of the great things first and foremost about Colorado Buffaloes and their season so far. Well, definitely the marketing that Coach Prime has done and crew and beyond has been phenomenal. I mean, they have really put the Colorado Buffaloes on the map. You know, you definitely see all their games on primetime TV. And on top of that, this team won one game last year. So to go from everybody just overlooking you, which you can't blame them for doing that, you're getting plenty of social media attention, plenty of interviews, and beyond. So that's the great thing about Colorado Buffaloes now. And another great thing about it is 
if you are a player on the team and you're getting a chance to play, you're getting a lot, a lot of media attention because of that. A lot of exposure, you know, so that's always a great thing. Another great thing is they won, as I mentioned, one game last year. They have already won four games, so that is more than double the production. Triple, in fact. So that's another positive. Another great thing is with the Colorado Buffaloes, too, they had bad culture. You can almost see it when Coach Prime showed up and they had their first introductory meeting. The culture, you could, I could just see it on their faces, was pretty, to say really bad. The sucking ears make them look good. That's how bad. What I mean by bad culture is nobody cared about winning. They were okay with losing every game. And sometimes when you have a situation that's that toxic, you might need to clean house to change it because, you know, negativity spreads like wildfire. So those are all the great things. And there's some more, but I, those are the, the, the major ones. And now for kind of like the, maybe the constructive feedback and room for improvement, I would say. First things first, where there's room for improvement is definitely on clock management. When you are down, I said this before, and they lost games because of this. When you are down by two scores in the fourth quarter, you have to play with a sense of urgency. You cannot line up and stroll up to the line and take your time. You don't have that luxury. You're down by 14, not up by 14. And you shouldn't do that gladly galley if you're up by 14 anyway, but definitely not when you're behind by 14. You have to move more, more like a, a hurry-up offense, okay, where the guys get to the line quickly, snap the ball, run the play. Repeat the process over and over. You have to move with a sense of urgency. A lot of times they're behind in the fourth quarter and they're just lally gallying around. You know, you have to move. Okay. There has been some poor, poor coaching. I hate to say it like this. Poor situational coaching. I should clarify that. Poor situational coaching. When you have less than a minute and you're at the five-yard line, Okay, and there's only a minute or so into the the quarter or the half. The other team had two timeouts. You have to run the ball. You run the ball for a reason. You're backed up by the five-yard line. Okay, you have less than a minute to go. Realistically, you're not going to move the ball all the way down the field to score. So what you have to do at this point, you have to make the other team force them to burn their timeouts. Okay, how do you do that? You run the ball. You run the ball. If you don't get but a yard or two, if you get three yards, you run the ball. You force them to call a timeout in case they want to get the ball. You know, let's say they make you go three and out. And now they know they're going to get good field position. You're making them, forcing them to use their timeouts. So by the time they get the ball, there won't be any time for them to come back and score. No. What did they do? They threw two passes 
which were incomplete, and then you ran the ball, they called a timeout, you ran off almost no time on the seconds of the clock. Here comes the kick. The kick was only like a 20, 25-yard kick. And guess what? Instead of you going into halftime down only 7-3, to three, went down 14-3. to three. It's Poor coaching. And I'll give Coach Prime credit. He did own it. But that's, that's basic stuff. You force them to use their timeout. Situational understanding. Situational time clock management. Okay, I go back into the to halftime down seven to three, they'd be down fourteen to three, and not only that, it felt like you should have been down twenty one to three. They were dominating. So for you to go down only seven to three at halftime, that's a win. Okay. We've established over the last couple of games that the offensive line is really subject. And how do you do that? How do you fight that? Well, you shorten up the routes and throw quick passes. And guess what? That was working. You were throwing quick passes. Shador wasn't getting a hit. You did it for a drive, and then you went away from it. I, you know, that's how you stop a rush. Not only did you go away from the, the short, quick passes, you stopped running the ball. So you have to implement that. Don't give up on the run game when you don't have much of an offensive line. Run the ball. Hey, not only that, and more importantly, throw short, quick passes. Especially if it's working. And with Shador, he's taken too many hits. Having said that, he's taken too many hits. I mean, I don't know if this guy's going to be able to make it the way he's hit, getting hit. He's just taking too much too much punishment back there. So short passes, run the ball. Don't abandon the running game. And another thing, there have to, that Colorado will help them. I will help them do is understand this. This is not Jackson State. You have to kind of. If you're not going to win games just on talent. You're going to have to find ways to scheme and win in the coaching aspect. You have to scheme with teams. Find out which type of plays work best. And there's another higher level of coaching that you're going to have to level up to get to. If you could do those things, the other positive thing that is that I notice is outside of the Oregon game, the Colorado Buffaloes have actually been on par talent-wise with every team except for Oregon. Every game, I felt whether they won or lost, they were in the game. So, in this league, you have to out-scheme players. So, you're going to have to get some guys who can really not just motivate guys, who can really fundamentally coach and understand situational football. That's the key, understanding situational football. Hey, we're backed up, less than a minute to go. We don't want them giving, getting such great prime prime field position with timeouts. So, a lot of great things, though. Otherwise, you know, if this is just, you know. Also, another thing I wanted to mention is making substitutions when you have a big play it's just it's just too much time too much time clock management has to get a lot better
But those are the thoughts on the Colorado Buffaloes. We're going to go ahead and switch gears and talk Major League Baseball next. We're going to take a real quick break. Another great Sam Scola song. We're going to talk some baseball. In fact, we're going to play a Major League Baseball song by Sam Scola. Appreciate you, Sam Scola. And we got a great caller on right now. How you doing so far today, Diane? Oh, good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Thank you for asking about yourself. Mm-hmm. Good. good. That's wonderful. So the Bills, they got a big game this weekend. They got they got a big, big game against the Broncos. Monday night football too. So who do you think is gonna take home the win? I hope the Bills take home the win. I hope so too, but I actually I don't think that game is going to be as easy as it would sound to be. The the Broncos have been playing really well, especially their defense. How do you think the Bills are going to do against their defense? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it should be exciting. Should be really exciting. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm, I'm hope I picked the Bills because I know you're a big big Bills fan, so I'm hoping they pull it out. So it should they be. Uh, they haven't been winning. 
Yeah, I know. It's it's. You think uh, now that the, the season's past the halfway mark, what are your thoughts on the Bills this year? Are they stronger than this year or last year? Last year. Yeah, I, I noticed that. And one thing that's been surprising me is that where I thought, is it just me or I thought last year, the year before, when they had a fourth and one or a third and one, I'm sorry, a fourth and one or a fourth and two, they would go for it. This year, I feel like it's almost like an automatic punt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that. Been... Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah, it's surprising. It's you know they just fourth and one or fourth and two, they just they just automatically punted. I'm like that shows that you don't have much confidence in your 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 team. Yeah. But I feel like they're gonna turn it around on a big game Monday Night Football, maybe, hopefully for the Bills and for Josh Allen. It's not the Madden cover. The matted cover, <laughs> you know, kiss mm-hmm. of death. Hopefully it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you got a great show coming up tomorrow. You excited about it? Yeah. Yeah, it should be a great time. I'm looking forward to it, too. But definitely, I, it's, I'm so glad to hear from you. It's always awesome to hear from Diane on the Allen Alpha Sports Talk show. It's been a little bit of a break. So I'm glad to hear from you again. Oh, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. So I'll we'll we'll hopefully talk again real soon. So we'll talk about your thoughts on how the Bills did against the Broncos. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also looking I forward to. I might yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know if I saw the game. All right, please do so, and I look forward to hearing from you tomorrow. Okay. All right. Meantime, you have a great night and a fantastic weekend. You too. Thanks. Go Bills. You got it. Can I... Yeah, go Bills. There you go. Go Bills. Thank you so much, Diane. So always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us on You're the welcome. Allen Alfred Sports Show. Mm-hmm. You have a fantastic night. You too. Thank you. Bye bye now. Mm-hmm. That's Diane. It's always great to hear from her. That's fantastic. So we got Mr. and Mrs. Wow. Never know what you're going to get on the Allen Alfred Sports Hook Show. That's why you guys got to keep tuning in. So, yes, Major League Baseball, one of the, you know, definitely a big hire this week was Ron Washington is now the Los Angeles Angels' new manager. So congratulations to Ron Washington. Yeah, that's an awesome hire. I, I definitely I'm glad to hear from Juan Washington again. You know, I, I thought his coaching days were behind him, but it's always a pleasant surprise to hear from Juan Washington. I think the Angels are going to do great with him, and I think Shohei Otani maybe maybe he should stick around. You know, give Ron Washington a chance, give him give him an opportunity. You know, we we shall see. He's now the the manager of the Los Angeles Angels. So I definitely hope to catch up with Ron Washington to get his thoughts on being back in 
the dugout. So that should be really cool. And there was an opportunity, allegedly, that was offered to Tory Hunter. That opportunity was to be the first base coach. Tory Hunter, allegedly on his podcast, declined the opportunity. And the question is, should Tory Hunter have, should he have taken the offer to be the first base coach? Let me think about that for a moment. Yes. Yes, he should have taken that position. Yes, 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 yes. Did I say yes? I think I said yes. He should have taken that position. Okay. Let me explain to you why. Okay. Typically, you don't just go, even if you're a great player, you don't, you know, this is not the Billy Martin type days, but typically, or Lou Pinella type days, I'll talk about Lou Pinella a little bit, but Typically, those are days are behind us where you're just a player, if you did great, and then you go right to the meeting manager. Usually doesn't happen that way. The main thing that Torrey Hunter needs is a few things being the first base coach. Number one, he would have gotten better insight in how coaching really works in the Major League Baseball system. When you're first base coach, one of the things that you do a lot of is networking on the field, networking with other coaches from other teams, networking with media, networking within your own team, networking with players. And then you would be a visual face that they would see. Okay, you may, Sometimes they say in life, sometimes you got to do things you don't want to do in order to get where you need to go. You got to start with that, working the network seed. And the great thing about being a first-base coach is you get to do that without having the pressure of winning every single game on your neck. Yes, I know he wants something with more clout, per se, but that's a golden opportunity. And, yes, he should have, you know, he should have strongly considered taking it because, again, you're on the field. You get a chance to start off making those connections. Then after you do that and do well, you usually get promoted to the next step. So I do think he, Torrey Hunter, should have accepted that offer. And, you know, as they say, pride comes before fall. A lot of times people get too prideful when it comes to taking a position they feel they shouldn't. Sometimes you got to curb the pride. You got to put the need before the me. You got to put the need before the me. The need is I want to be a major league baseball manager. Well, the me is I'm not going to take no first base coach position because I want to be a major league manager. Well, you do this. Well, you get to progress to that. Speaking of that, I just need that opportunity for me to get on the field with media pass to cover baseball. When that opportunity comes, which I know it will, that's the opening of the door. And then it's another thing like this. A lot of people work hard just to get the opportunity. Well, yes, the opportunity is great that you get it, 
but you got to walk in that opportunity. So first you got to get that opportunity and then it turns into something a lot bigger. So one of the great things and cool things I saw this week was the NHL tribute by ESPN of Barry Melrose and his contribution to the hockey world. It was just fantastic. And so let me give a round of applause to Barry Melrose and his retirement. I, I do know that his retirement is connected to health reasons, uh, and I won't go into details about that. You have to do the research on yourself. I know what the kind of like what is the hindrance, but man, when you get that type of praise, the, the way they gave Barry Melrose and almost 30 years being an announcer, doing a fantastic job of just breaking down hockey, making it fun, making it very engaging, but not super complicated. That That's a testament of somebody who really knows what they're doing. How I can really test them, the testimony that I can really give to people who understand something is they could take something extremely complicated, know their audience, not to say that people are not intelligent or dumb or anything like that, but most people don't want a lot of technical jargon when you deal with sports. They want you to simplify it so they can consume it and kind of talk about it, have a conversation about it. And that's where Barry Melrose did a fantastic job. Anytime you could take something really complicated, break it down in simple terms that people could understand it and make it relatable and also make it something that someone can relate to in real life, that's they'll never forget it. So an unbelievable impact Barry Melrose has done for the hockey world. So much so that you guys got to check out that documentary. It's only about eight minutes long by ESPN. They did a fantastic job. Congratulations to Barry Melrose. I really pray that your health improves and definitely enjoy your retirement in the meantime. So we're going to shift gears and talk about one of the big news that happened is Terrence Bud Crawford got stripped, you know, allegedly got stripped is what the reports are saying of his 147 pound IBF belt. And it was surrendered and given to Boots Ennis because a little bit of a backstory about this is that Terrence Bud Crawford wants to and he agreed to fight Errol Spence Jr. in a rematch but it is reported allegedly that they are going to fight at the 154 weight instead of 147 Boots Ennis fights at 147 so they decided to strip the 147 pound IBF belt and give it to Boots Ennis well I'll share my thoughts on this this is, to put it nicely and bluntly, Bush League. This is Bush League. I talked, I believe it was last week or the week before, about how boxing just gets in its own way and why I feel, as much as I'm a big boxing fan, 
And I'm going to bring you guys more boxing coverage. That's how passionate I am about boxing. Boxing cannot stop getting in its own way. And it's so corrupt, and they do things backwards. It's unprofessional. This is why I say boxing really needs to do a revamp. And also, it needs a playoff system. It needs a playoff system. Because, look, Terrence Bud Crawford won those belts at the 147-pound and became undisputed by beating the best welterweight, not named Terrence Crawford, which was Errol Spence. Errol Spence, to me, with all due respect, is a number two welterweight at 147 in the world. I do feel as if he's not on Terrence's level, with all due respect. Terrence is on an island by himself, but he legitimately, Terrence beat him soundly. And he got the belt for 147. And Terrence himself said, before he fights anybody, he's going to do that rematch. He's going to honor the contract. Well, I guess Boxer felt as if he wasn't doing it fast enough. And he wasn't doing it at the 147 weight. So they decided to take his belt, at least one of the four, and give it to Boots Ennis. And this is a disjustice to both men because... Terrence doesn't deserve for you to strip his belt, A, and B, boots, and most boxers, I will give boxers credit in this regard. They will accept a championship belt, but they take it with a great assault, meaning they feel as if they you gave them something that they didn't earn in the ring. They didn't earn in the ring, meaning... Yes, they may have worked hard enough to get a belt, but they know that they didn't get a belt by beating a champion to get it. They gave it because of a technicality. Big difference. And then you put the boxer who receives it in a position to be vilified by other boxing fans by saying, hey, you got a belt you didn't deserve. Hey, you got a belt you didn't deserve. You're not a real champ. You're a paper champ. They got to – you put – the boxer in that position because you honored them with the belt that they didn't win fighting somebody who they should have fought, who is next in line, whoever. This is why boxing needs a total reform. It needs a playoff system. It needs to cut down, stop making all this money, and let's focus on are you fighting the best fighters next? Not cherry-picking because of financial gain so to me i look at boxing right now as a sport but it's leaning more and more towards wrestling than it is to compete against mma so yes this is bush league they should have not stripped bud of his belts and boots with all due should not be honored with a belt that he didn't deserve. And, and, you know, most boxers would say the same thing. Why you give me a belt I didn't fight and, and earn in a ring? Think how hard it would be for Boots Ennis to actually fight a Terrence Crawford and beat him in a ring. And I said it with all due respect. But to me, Terrence Bud Crawford is the best boxer right now in the world. Yes, I do think he would beat Boots Ennis. 
at 147, 154, whatever weight class you want to put it at. But this is not even about Boots Ennis getting beat. It's about boxing really needs to look himself in the mirror and say, yo, we just stripped a guy who just gave us a phenomenal fight with a lot of risk, and we reward him a few months later by stripping one of his belts because he's not fighting, I guess, right away, or at least at the 147 weight, which we all knew that before he fought Errol Spence, that it was a good possibility they were not going to fight at the same weight. So this is why boxing just gets in its own way. Another example. And I've seen other boxers, not even using this example, I've seen other boxers get belts by technicality and they feel the same way. Like, hey, you you put me in a position where I got to take all these insults and these disses by boxing fans. You know, boxing fans love to diss you, but you've now put more on my plate because you gave me a belt on a technicality. So, boxing, you need to clean up. If you want to find some ideas that we can brainstorm together, to make the sport better, make it more competitive, make it so it's less of this left-right, up-down scenario, reach out to me at the Ellen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I'd be glad to break it all down for you. But yeah, very disappointing. And I will say one thing that's not disappointing, though, is eating some great barbecue by Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. I'm going to let you guys know that you guys, before I go into Chef G's song, I'm going to let you know that Lou Pinella deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Please go down to the Tampa Bay Baseball Museum. They just now put a petition that you can put that sign right there at the front that you have the honor of signing and supporting Lou because we do believe Lou deserves to be in the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. I will be there myself tomorrow, supporting Lou, signing that petition right there in the museum. You guys need to do it too. And having said that, I want to thank Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. Make sure you check out Chef G's at 301 South 22nd Street, Tampa, Florida. Or you can try any of his four great flavors. Right there at flbbqsauce.com, flbbqsauce.com, Fusion, Honey Mustard, Heat Wave, and Original. And we're going to play another great song by Sam Scola. You need a big-time musician. Don't forget to reach out to me here at the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. I will connect you to Sam, and we will make that happen. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Mary, his beautiful wife, Darren Maid. The Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song here on the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Townsend for variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat. 
weight on me falls in hand. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue delicious and addicting you may need a support group make sure you check out chef g's florida barbecue sauce at flbbqsauce.com again that's flbbqsauce.com wonderful wonderful sauce thank you chef g's thank you to all our great listeners call you know definitely listening and supporting the Allen alfred sports like show appreciate you guys appreciate your comments and likes on social media really appreciate that too and appreciate the businesses that reach out to Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show as well. Love all you guys. Really appreciate you all. Want to thank our great callers of Lou and Diane. Really appreciate them. Make sure you guys listen to their show, the Enhanced Sports Show, between 4 and 6 p.m. Saturday. That's tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time Zone. Really appreciate you guys listening to another great episode of the Alan Alfred Sports Talk Show. Want to give you our phone number so you can be part of the next show, 516 516- 418-5572-516-418-5572. Enjoy and have a great Veterans Day weekend. Really want to thank anybody who has served or connected to the military. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you for your service. Really appreciate you all. Thank you all for joining the Allen Alfred Sports Talk Show. Going to end this show with another great Sam Solis gong. You guys have a great weekend. Be blessed. Be well. Take care of yourself. And until we meet again.